Hello, Alice. Welcome to the podcast. We've got a one-man show today. Should be a little bit interesting. So, one thing that's actually kind of cool is uh, we've actually been getting a little bit of coverage in some different countries. And on my SoundCloud account, we've had a whole bunch of people listening lately. I'm not sure what got into people, but um, for multiple days on end, we had like 40 plus views. Like in 24 hours, we had like 180 listens on SoundCloud. I just got to say thanks to the people in Japan who are actually listening to the podcast on SoundCloud, um, at least according to my stats, and even uh, somebody in France found us. But obviously, the most of the viewership and listening, people who listen are in the United States. We have people from San Francisco area. Uh, probably my, my friend Clay, that guy always listening. Shout out to that guy. Uh, people in Twin Falls and my buddy Corbin's in Twin. So, uh, getting some, some hits from him. And then also Ashburn, Virginia, my buddy Charles. So shout out to all the people who watch the show and listen to the show after the fact. Well, everybody, welcome to episode 36 of the Abstract Sports Podcast, where we're bringing sports back to life with a unique perspective on the game from abstract yet popular angles. We're coming at you live on Facebook, so please share this broadcast with your friends and family, spam those Facebook emojis, and let's get this party started. All right, let's go. So as you can see, my my partner in crime, Micah, is not here today. Um, he had a, a long trip up to Spokane, way up north. And so I imagine he's a little bit dead from that trip. I know he was able to go to a hockey game in Spokane and see the Chiefs play. Um, and it was against their, ma- their big arch rival. So next time he comes on the show, we'll have to uh, ask him how that went. Um, honestly, I... As much as I've been promising to watch some hockey, I haven't been able to. I mean, I watched that one game a couple weeks ago, which was nice because it was, it was a good uh, change of pace. I'm always watching basketball and football. Um, but I wasn't able to get around to watching any hockey hockey games over the last week. Um, no excuses. You know, I, I'm, I definitely could find some time to just have a game going in the background. But um, we look forward to hearing Micah's experience about that hockey game. Uh, I know it's one of his favorite things, at least according to his Facebook post he made. So, um I'm just going to move right on to a topic of conversation that I honestly, I know very little about, but I know that there are people in here who listen and watch all the time who know some information about this kind of thing. And I've been listening to some ESPN radio, so I have a little bit of background knowledge, but um, let's talk about some, some of this sport here. Yeah, that's, that's baseball. So (laughs) um, actually Alice, who's in the, in the chat here, in the comments, she reminded me via a comment on a previous post um, on the Facebook page that I need to talk about the the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame voting because today is the day where it goes down, and it went down. Um, apparently, earlier today, they they uh, I guess they I don't know how it works, but they counted all the votes. All the votes were in. Uh, <laughs> I don't know exactly how to phrase that, but. Um, Basically, they they have, I think, what was it, four or five players who went on to make it. Um, I actually posted a thing on my Facebook page. I'm going to go pull that up really quick. Um, I forgot to update my timeline or my uh, – I forgot to update my outline with that information. So let me go grab it really fast. It's just two seconds. Um, yeah, so there are four players who made it into the 2018 Hall of Fame 
there, so four inductees total. We got a guy named Chipper Jones. Um, I remember watching him when I was younger. Um, you know, I, I pretty much just like any other kid who grew up watching and following sports. Um, I looked up to a lot of different athletes just on, on a day-to-day basis. When I'm playing baseball with my friends, I would always pretend to be Chipper Jones or I'd pretend to be Barry Bonds or I'd pr- pretend to be Alex Rodriguez or, you know, I know Tony, uh, people in this, in this chat are going to be like, Oh, you pretend to be a rod, but Hey, I was a kid. I didn't know any better. Um, and so I, you know, I, I mimic a lot of players when I was growing up, you know, me and my friends would pretend to hit a home run over the fence. We'd be like, Oh, Barry Bonds, another one, you know? And he was on the ballot this year, but he got, I wouldn't say he got snubbed, but him and Roger Clemens were both on the ballot this year. And I think steroid steroids kept them both out of the running. Um, from what I've heard, uh, last year they had 55% of the votes needed to be inducted. And this year, last I saw, they had 65%. And from what I understand, you have to have 75% and above to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. So they didn't make it. Um, I was listening to a podcast or a radio show earlier where Stephen A. Smith, you know, that, that annoying guy on ESPN and SportsCenter and all those other shows, um, he was kind of going off and talking about how Roger Clemens doesn't deserve it because he's stupid. Um, I, I, something about some uh, – his excuses for what he did to use steroids uh, that kind of Stephen A thinks is that that's what ruled him out. But then you have Barry Bonds who, according to Stephen A, you know, this is not me. Uh, I don't know baseball very well, but I was a huge fan of Barry Bonds growing up. I knew he was a slugger. Um, I mean, obviously he's home run champion. Uh, I mean, I'm going to guess several times over. I don't know how many times, but he hits a lot of home runs. Okay. That's all you need to know. Uh, <laughs> um, but Barry Bonds, According to Stephen A., he thinks he didn't get in just because um, of the steroids, and that's that's it. I don't know. Stephen A. Smith has a thing for Barry Bonds and not for Roger Clemens, apparently. Um, I'm indifferent, honestly. I don't believe that one should be in over the other or vice versa or you know, one one is more qualifying than the other. I, I think that the, the guys who got voted in, I'm sure they have reasons for why they did. Um, so you got Chipper Jones. Vladimir Guerrero, who's a guy I actually have never heard of. Jim Jim Tomey, I, I know that guy, and Trevor Hoffman. Chipper Jones is easily the one that I remember the most. Um, uh, that was back when the Braves were doing really, really well. They had Chipper Jones and some other guys. <laughs> I did, back in the day, I used to know a couple, but I honestly, I don't keep up with, enough with baseball. So congratulations to those four inductees going into the Hall of Fame. I believe there's a ceremony going on the 29th. Uh, MLB Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame, uh, ceremony. Let's see here. Hall of Fame weekend, July 29th. Oh, that's, that's way, way out. (laughs) I could have swore there was going to be some sort of presentation on the 29th of this month. So anyways, that's really all I can say about baseball. Uh, Hey Jake, welcome to the podcast, man. Uh, I'm a little lonely over here, if you can't tell. Uh, big old empty room to myself. <laughs> um, but yeah, so got four inductees for the 2018 MLB Hall of Fame. But I think, you know, this show is actually going to be probably pretty quick because where I don't have Micah to give me crap the entire time uh, and you know, other things that slow us down, like tangents that we go off on and jokes we tell. Um, 
I think this the show will go a little bit quicker. And not that I don't like the jokes and the tangents. Sometimes those are the best things that happen to the show. Um, but I talk fast, and you know we'll see how how deep I get into this next segment because you know it's kind of my favorite thing. So I'm sorry if the baseball segment was that short. I just had to give a shout out to those people making the Hall of Fame. A lot of work goes into uh, getting to that point in their career. So congratulations to those guys. But it's time to talk about some basketball. Um, as much as I am excited about baseball season coming up um, with some certain players I'm looking forward to watching, uh, and plus the local baseball team starting up, and you know that's a long ways away actually, like five or six months. <laughs> um but let's talk about some basketball. There's been a lot of things going on in the NBA lately. Actually, a lot of drama that I'm probably just going to skip over. Uh, maybe I'll pull up this one guy's uh, tweet that he put out, and I, we can riff off of it a little bit. But uh, let's see here. Bill Simmons. Yeah, this guy, he, uh, he's, he has a great podcast. You should definitely check it out. Um. Got to dig through here. He tweets like a something that tweets a lot. Holy cow. I swear I saw this. Okay, here's the beef that I was talking about. So since I'm, I've already mentioned the drama that surrounds the NBA currently, I'll just I'll talk about this tweet that he put out. So he has a power ranking of the weirdest NBA storylines right now, and this was as of uh, yesterday. So number one, Cavs versus Kevin Love. Um, I'm just going to go off of his tweet. Follow at Bill Simmons. He has a great podcast on SoundCloud. Uh, very active on Twitter. He also has a couple of great books that I actually have on my shelves at home. Not that I read them, uh, but I have them. But Cavs versus, Kev- versus Kevin Love. Apparently, you know, the Cavs are having sort of an identity crisis right now where they're high-powered on offense, but they have no defense whatsoever. And apparently they had a team meeting where there was just a lot of p- uh, finger-pointing, and Kevin Love was the guy at the center of that. Um, and you can actually tell like after the story came out that there was a finger pointing party at Kevin Love, uh, in the next game, you could really see it. And there was a point in the game where he got elbowed in the head by, by one of the Spurs players. Uh, I think this was yesterday. He got elbowed in the face, or at least it looked like it. And, uh, he falls over and like, there's two teammates there, J.R. Smith and somebody else. And nobody bothered to help, help him up off the ground. Uh, Hey Jeff, welcome to the podcast, man. Just talking a little bit about some basketball drama that's going on. Uh, but anyways, Kevin Love was on the ground and nobody would help him up. And you know, if, if you watch sports at all, you probably know or, or at least see other players helping their teammates up. It's just kind of like a, you know, don't waste your energy trying to get yourself up when you have all these football pads on. Or, um, you know, the floor can be kind of slippery, so don't don't bother hurting, your, hurting yourself. Let me help you up, buddy. Well, this didn't happen this one time, and it was very strange. Like... I know it's a very small detail, but the, the caption was like, oh, nobody's going to help Kevin Love up. I see what's going on here. And I so I watched this video like over and over again. And I, the, he fell down like kind of in front of the Cavs bench, or at least the camera was pointed at the Cavs bench players. And everybody who was on the bench didn't even react. Um, Tony says, Love needs a new team. I think so too. Love needs some love. I mean, let's be honest. He, this dude, he's a guy that can be extremely dangerous on the offensive side of things. Maybe his defense is what's hurting the Cavs, and that's why they were pointing fingers at him. But he doesn't deserve that kind of treatment. I think 
you know, I think LeBron will will figure things out. I don't think he's going to leave the team before the end of the year. The Cavs definitely need something, but I don't think it's that. Um, I don't think they should get rid of him, I should say. But uh, Kelly, Keltron is in the show. Oh my gosh, now I'm really nervous. Oh, man, I'm, I'm never getting really all that nervous. But when Keltron shows up, oh, oh my, Twitter pated. Um, that's my wife. Anyways, <laughs> so love needs some love. And I watched their bench, the bench players' reactions when he got knocked over. And the only person who did anything was Tristan Thompson. Like, he saw Kevin Love fall down. He's, like, looking straight at him. And then he just looks up court like, like, oh, I didn't see that. Got to pretend I didn't see that. But every other Cavs player was just like staring at Kevin Love like, what's going on? Like, what? get up. What are you doing? It just felt very strange to me. And um, I did see that Kevin Love came out and was talking about uh, how he he was hoping that that finger-pointing party didn't go become public news, but then it did. Um, and so he was kind of like, you know, kind of annoyed by that. But he's like, hey, whatever. I guess that's the NBA. And then he he's having to squash his own beef in front of the world. So feel bad for the guy. I know he, he can, he's a hell of a player. Um, but hopefully, you know, maybe the Cavs will figure it out. If not, maybe the, the, uh, some other teams in the East will overtake them in a, in surprise fashion. Um, so that's the number one point of beef in the NBA right now. Then you have Kawhi versus the Spurs. So (laughs) the Cavs and the Spurs played each other yesterday and, the top two things in Bill Simmons' top 10 power ranking list are involving those two teams. Apparently, Kawhi is kind of upset with the management of the Spurs not bringing talent to the team. Um, but Kawhi has also been injured. He's been out like pretty much all season. So I don't know exactly where he gets his frustration from. Uh, but I, I respect the guy. He's a heck of a player too. Uh, the next thing is total Wizards dysfunction. You've got John Wall being uh, kind of going AWOL. <laughs> Uh, he's basically, he's saying, I don't don't know. He's kind of a hard guy to work with and he's been, I don't know. I I have a signature in pencil. Uh, (laughs) I've mentioned that several times on the podcast. I should probably stop, but, um, apparently he called out a player calling him a midget and that's a very insensitive word, uh, for somebody who is a little person. Uh, but he called this guy who he's, he's shorter than usual. He's probably the shortest guy in the NBA. He called him a midget who keeps trying to be mad or something like that. So obviously not a good thing for him to say to the media or really anybody. Um, and then Berea came out and responded saying that Berea thinks that nobody on John, John Wall's team even likes him. So (laughs) he took the high road on that one, I think, but, uh, I think because of John Wall's like frustration, just the way he does things, him and his team don't really get along very well. Uh, then you have Jason Kidd media rehab tour. <laughs> oh my gosh. This one, I know Jason Kidd got fired by the Milwaukee Bucks. He was the head coach for the team, got fired because they haven't been producing as much and, you know, get, not getting very many wins, had a pretty bad losing streak recently. So he got fired. And then Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah, I can say that name. <laughs> Uh, Giannis came out and he was like, apparently he had called Jason Kidd 15 minutes before he got fired, uh, basically trying to save the relationship, trying to save his position. Um, and it didn't, it didn't work out for him, but he's Giannis has been interviewed about it. And he's like, you know what? I, I love the guy. He he's been there throughout my success 
in my young career as an NBA player, and I respect him a lot. So it was pretty terrible to see him go. So that's some crazy news. MJ versus Kemba. I haven't, I haven't seen the beef there. Damian Lillard and Paul Allen. I don't know that one either. Young LeBron's Instagram. That's also maybe these are. This is why these are on the bottom of this list because I don't, I don't even know what he's talking about here. Uh, let's see. Make sure all the comments are coming up. Okay, I think we're good. Um, every Rob Palinka quote. <laughs> Rob Palinka is the GM of the Lakers. Uh, if you were here last week for the podcast, you saw our sports doppelganger segment. It's our first at, first installment of that, and it, I thought it was a I got a kick out of it. You know, there, I feel like there are people out there who don't really who would never know this these doppelgangers exist. So I have to point them out. It's too uncanny not to. Uh, but then you have Kobe Oscar nomination. That's so that's number nine on the list. And I could see why there's all the drama going on is good for ratings. So Kobe's Oscar nomination is not really up there. That's my, that's my thought. Uh, Jeff says on Facebook, you need to do some PBR coverage, LOL. <laughs> when you, I'm not going to lie. When I read that at a glance, I saw PBR and I'm like, I'm not going to talk about beer, but here I am talking about beer. Uh, Paps blue ribbon. This is not a paid advertisement. Um, but PBR is professional bull riding that's what it is i was like well where's the words i have the words in there somewhere man bull riding that's one of those things that like you know talk about bringing sports back to life you know riding a bull kind of takes takes us back to the days where you know good old boys grew up on farms and and uh and rode bulls (laughs) kelly says why not you could get a sponsor yeah pbr just drink pbr live on stream that would be, I can't do that at the office though. This is my place of employment. My, my boss man would not, would not appreciate that. Um, as much as I would love to have a PBR right now. Dang, that sounds good. Hey, speaking of that, it's dollar draft night just around the corner. Hmm. Anyways, back to the news, back to the sports news guys. Jeez. <laughs> uh, Oh, so Kobe Oscar nomination. I don't know if you've seen his animated short where he worked with a guy named Glenn Keane. He is one of the most well-known animators for Disney right now. And, you know, historically, um, he did an animated short with Glenn Keane and this other, this musician guy, I can't remember his name, but this animated short is called Dear Basketball. And he talks about um, how he fantasized about becoming a professional basketball player and, um, from a very young age, growing up playing basketball, uh, you know, being from Italy and coming to the States and dominating high school basketball in Philadelphia and, you know, everything that happened throughout his career in like a condensed four minute hand drawn, very realistic or not realistic, very uh, hard animation style where, man, I really should share this and do a post about it. But this animated short is has been uh, nominated for an Oscar. What? <laughs> That's pretty cool. And, you know, you can't help but think that, okay, well, it's because it's Kobe Bryant. He's, you know, one of the best basketball players to ever play the game. So the spotlight's kind of on him in his first true year, first couple true years out of basketball. So he has a little bit. He's kind of riding the, the coattails of that shine out. And, but... 
it's really cool to see him take all this hard work and effort that he used to do on the basketball court and put it into something else and and have it be about sports still and to me it's really cool because he's it's a very creative way of, of carrying out a message for youth and like young athletes who want to be something bigger than themselves and it's really cool to see this type of player do that type of thing uh tony says uh she saw him on jimmy kimmel talking about his short video yeah i see i love listening to him talk about it because he's very passionate about it and obviously why do something that you're not passionate about and i think kobe is totally doing that you know outside of basketball i imagine it's kind of hard to be so used to being a professional basketball player and the grit and the grind of getting better at your game and doing all these things, uh, game planning and breaking film down, all that really detailed stuff. And then you go away from that and it's like, well, hell, what the, what am I going to do? And so this is kind of a way of, for him to, uh, tell his story of how he became who he is. Um, and have it, like that story now lives on forever because it's a video on the internet, you know, like anybody can go find it. It's going to inspire kids from now until the end of time. Um, and not even just kids, but me as well, because somebody who's looked up to Kobe Bryant for, you know, a very long time, like at least 18 years. Um, it's, it's really cool to see him do something in a creative field because I'm in a creative field as a web designer, graphic designer and whatnot. And so, Pretty cool. Pretty cool to see this guy do this. Um, Jeff says riding bulls is a sport. No, I know. I know it's a sport. It's a professional sport. I'm not, I'm not knocking it at all. Trust me. It's something that I would never be able to do. Um, but I, I, I love how it like, like bull riding is just one of those things where it's not like the typical sport, you know, most, most sports have like a ball or, you know, something like that. But I guess the thing that comes with every sport is competition and riding a bull. That is quite the competition. Uh, Hey, Brad, be rad. Welcome to the podcast. Hope your drive from Boise was good or something. Um, yeah, Jeff, I'm not knocking bull riding as a sport. I, I just don't know anything about it. I, I just, I don't, if you want to write an article about bull riding, I'll publish it on my blog. I totally will. <laughs> I know Jeff, I know Jeff, Jeff just giving me a hard time is what he says, um, on Facebook here. So no, no harm done, man. I'm good. I am groovy. So yeah, anyways, there's, there's some drama going on in the NBA, but kind of a shining thing there in the nine spot on Bill Simmons, uh, (laughs) power ranking list of weird NBA storylines. So Kobe Oscar nomination, that is kind of weird. It's just, I think it's cool. He's kind of pushing the limits of what an athlete slash former athlete can do. Uh, but one thing that Bill Simmons does say is that there's no LeVar ball in his top 10 or top nine list. So there's that. But that day, yesterday, there was some pretty big news from Lithuania, but I'm not going to get into it. So back to what's actually on my timeline here, on my outline. So uh, as of last night, LeBron James became the youngest player ever to hit 30,000 points in a career. Now, that's, you know, it's kind of, it's cool to be the youngest to ever do it. Then it's kind of benchmarks you as like, okay, wow, I'm on the path to greatness at, at, you know, record rates. That's pretty awesome. 
But the people that he's in that club with, people, the you know NBA players who have scored over thirty thousand points, pretty big deal. So in order from bottom to top, so there's LeBron who just passed thirty thousand, right? He's in the number seven spot. Uh, Tony says, and they still lost. Yes, yes, they did. <laughs> they lost the Cavs last night. Lost to the Spurs despite LeBron having a historic night. Um, I mean, historic in terms of the milestone, not a great night of basketball. The Cavs really have some defensive problems. That's probably why they lost. Um, so I'm going to go from the, from seven up to number one on the all time scoring list. So you have LeBron at number seven. Then you got a guy named Dirk Nowitzki. He's the only other player that's still in the league who's on this list which is, it's kind of crazy he has over 30,000 points, but he's been around forever. The dude's basically a fossil. Um, and then, I mean, he's a fossil, but then I'm going to go and me- mention all these other older people. Uh, so then you have Wilt Chamberlain. He's number five. Some dude named Michael Jordan is number four. This other guy, we just talked about him two seconds ago, Kobe Bryant. He's number three. Karl Malone at number two. And... The man, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, is number one. He's got like 33,000 points or something like that. Uh, Kelly on Facebook says, Dirk, heart emoji. Yeah, she she loves Dirk. I don't know why. I mean, the guy's got to – I mean, I mentioned this before too. I I say things over and over again. I don't know if – if you watch the podcast, you probably think that I'm like repetitive. But Dirk is awesome. The dude has a patented shot, that weird like – non-dominant foot fade (laughs) with the knee in the air the dude's awesome i like him he's german fun fact in case you didn't know by his last name Nowitzki. but yeah lebron is the youngest ever to hit 30k congratulations to that guy he is a freak of nature um but not only is he the youngest to hit 30k there's even some more news but first tony on facebook says Dirk, one of the best big men for shooting the long ball. I Exactly. He sort of like reinvented the the big guy. I mean, I can't think of a, let's see. Uh, let's see here. Um, I can't think of another big guy who can shoot like he does from his era or from his like draft class time. You know what I mean? Like you obviously have a Chris Tapps Porzingis who can shoot. You got a guy named Carl Anthony Towns. Um, there's a lot of them out there now. Like Robin Lopez for the Lakers can shoot. Um, or is that Brooke Lopez? It's Robin Lopez. Cause there's twins that are in the NBA and they're on, they're both goofy looking big guys. But, uh, let's see. Kelly says on Facebook because he's wonderful. That's why. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's, he's actually a pretty cool guy. I feel like he's one of those players that if I ran into him on the streets, I wouldn't be all awkward. I would just have to reach really high to shake his hand because he's so damn tall. Uh, Alice says Kareem was over 40 when he retired. Jeez, trying to that's, – that's – and he's a big guy too, Kareem. Like usually big guys are the ones that retire the soonest because it's kind of like a big dog. You know, they, they die early. <laughs> that was morbid and terrible. I'm sorry. Uh, Micah, hey, nice of you to show up. No, just kidding. I'm pretty sure, guys, I have to say now that Mike is here, I'm pretty sure he bailed today because he lost the bet this weekend and he didn't want to have to do a radio voice for an entire show. 
<laughs> just kidding. No, that I'm just kidding, Micah. But we all know that that second game, which I'll get to a little later, should not have gone the way it did. It kind of blew both of us out of the water. Um, Alice says James should easily pass him. I think so. I mean, if Kareem, I think Kareem is at like 33 or something like that. But I know that like with LeBron going the way he is, he's got at least two or three more years. At least, you know, he's still pretty young. I mean, Kobe went till till he was like what 38, 9, 40, somewhere in there. LeBron's like 33, so he's got some time. And you know, he's he scores more than 3000 points in a season. So, he'll get there. Um <laughs> Kelly reacting to my comment about dogs and big guys. Yeah, it was pretty bad. I'm sorry. Uh so if you're listening to this podcast on SoundCloud or um, if you're watching it on YouTube, that's great because you can kind of get the the reactions. Just It's just not live. But if you're listening on SoundCloud or iTunes or Stitcher or anything like that, um, or tune in, if you listen to this on your Alexa, for example, uh, you get you miss out on like a lot of these silly live things that happen, I feel like. When they, when they do happen, it's so cool. So if you're on Facebook, follow the page, like the page, facebook.com slash abstract sports. And when we go live, you can participate in the conversation. And, oh, man, I'm not going to lie. The best show I've ever done with Micah actually was when we had a conversation going in the comments while we were doing the show. It was like we were trying to pay attention to the comments, but we didn't have to because it was a tangent from what we were talking about. That's the coolest thing. Kelly just shared an article with me. Why Dirk Nowitzki's legacy will never fade away. <laughs> nice. Thanks for the link, Keltron. Oh, yeah. Dirk doing his patented fade. Uh, yeah. Sorry. I, I really should show the video or uh, this is just awkward. Everybody click that link. <laughs> Thanks for the link, Kelly. That was awesome. So, yeah. LeBron's going to be the scoringest player of all time, without a doubt. But... I'm going to make a bold prediction uh, and I'm going to say that uh, Kevin Durant is going to surpass him. I actually do believe he will. Um, KD just surpassed the 20,000 mark. And this is a guy who can shoot the three better than LeBron can. He can drive the lane, dunk it. He's bigger than LeBron in terms of height. Um, And his defensive stops lead to fast break points. And he's often the guy running down the court, getting those fast break points. So, Bold prediction for you. KD goes on to be the scoring champion of all time. He's going to pass LeBron at least. There's your hot take. But not only is LeBron the youngest to hit 30K, he's also the only player in NBA history, the only player to have 30,000 points, 7,000 assists, and 7,000 rebounds. That's not like your normal, like, random, like, crazy stat that ESPN likes to come up with. That's actually very impressive. Um, Kelly's dropping snake emojis in the chat because I mentioned, <laughs> because I mentioned uh, Kevin Durant. Yeah, she's taken some some uh, pointers from Micah. She's she's a Kevin Durant hater. Uh, hey, Eric, welcome to the podcast, man. This thing's turning into kind of a party. I like it. Um. So moving on from that, uh, you know, that's enough LeBron talk. I'm not a LeBron hater, but he deserves some respect uh, with that milestone. 
And so going into the next segment, he's also involved in this. Um, in the last podcast, I remember mentioning something about there being team captains for the NBA All-Star game this year. And I found out how it works, and here's how it, how it does work. Let me, let me break it down for you. So basically, LeBron had the most votes for All-Star voting, and he's in the Eastern Conference, so he, had, he becomes a captain for the Eastern Conference. And then, so let me, okay, let me rephrase this. <laughs> I started that out very terribly. So basically, in All-Star voting, the top 10 players in votes become the starters. But it has to be like five from the East and five from the West. So the top five in the East are the Eastern starters. Top five in the West are the Western starters. And the person in each conference out of those five who has the most votes is the team captain. So those two captains get removed from the, you know, the starting five, obviously, because they're, they're a part of the starting five and they become a captain. So the people who are the captains this year are LeBron James from the East and Stephen Curry from the West. Um, you know, no, no surprise there. Two of the best players in the NBA right now. And uh, the all-star voting doesn't always tell who the best players are, uh, but I think those two are pretty accurate. I think Kyrie Irving could have easily been. Um, like if he was in the West, I feel like he could have got Steph Curry's top spot. Um but that's, that's just me in terms of his skills and how much he affects the game. But so now you have LeBron and Curry and how this works is because LeBron was the number one overall vote getter. He gets to pick from the remaining eight players to be on his team. So this is kind of like schoolyard basketball at this point. Joanna, welcome to the podcast. Just talking about NBA all-star weekend. Um, NBA All-Star Weekend actually happens February 16th through the 18th, so we'll be doing some more talking about this. But because the news just broke about who the starters and the reserves are, we're talking about that right now. Um, but, <laughs> um, so yeah, LeBron had the most in the East, so he gets to pick first. Then, then Curry goes, then LeBron, then Curry, until all 10 players are gone. And this is where it gets kind of interesting because Kyrie Irving is also in the East. So it's like, does LeBron pick Kyrie and try to make amends after Kyrie left the team? Or does he pick somebody like Giannis Antetokounmpo, who is extremely exciting to play with, I would imagine. He's the guy who I would personally pick because he's so athletic. I feel like you could throw some sweet alley-oops to the guy. Um, but if LeBron is trying to make the All-Star game competitive like he says he he's going to this year, uh, I think he should be taking Kevin Durant. I mean, he's a scoring champion. He's an MVP, finals MVP. This guy, he he can ball. What can I say? Um, but LeBron did say that he wants to make the All-Star game a competitive thing. And if you've watched any NBA All-Star game in the past, it's kind of like a highlight reel. Just a lot of people throwing down silly dunks and doing silly things, crazy passes. It's not like an actual competition to, to see who wins. Um and there have been a lot of ideas that have come out um, trying to make the NBA All-Star game more competitive. Things like each player has to compete for their, their nonprofit or their, their foundations, and the winning team gets more money than the losing team, so it makes them want to win so they can raise money for people, um, which I think is a great idea. And I don't know if that's going to be incorporated or not, but if it does, that would be sweet. Um, so I'm, I'm really curious to see who LeBron takes first. 
And I, I've already seen that uh, Steph Curry has mentioned taking Giannis first, which I think would be awesome. Having Curry throw some alley-oops up to him, um, some sick dunks, you know, that's always exciting stuff. So that's how the all-star picks the teams are going to work, at least the starting five. Um, I think it's a great way to do it. There's a lot of things going on on the internet saying like these players, like they apparently they're not going to televise the draft, the NBA all-star draft. I think that's stupid. They're missing out on like such a, a raw event, you know, because them picking a certain player can have a, a, a lot of meaning to it. Like if LeBron took Kyrie or if Curry took Kyrie, even, um, there's just like some underlying stories there that could be talked about if those players got picked up and how they performed. So here's what I think they should do. I think they should televise them drafting the NBA all-stars, but like they should do it right before the game. And the players should be wearing like those, those reversible basketball jerseys where you can flip it inside out to make it dark or light so you can know who's on which team when you're out on the court. I think they should do that because, you know, they always do like a, they announce the starting lineups. They come out of a tunnel and it's like this big thing. Like everybody stands on a stage and they're like, yeah, I'm a starter. Yeah, say. <laughs> and it's really staged. Literally, it's staged. Um, okay, not staged. It's, there's a, <sighs> They have to walk the line and stuff. <laughs> um, but I think they should do the, the the starting lineup introductions like that. Like, you know, the starting five from the east and the west. But then the captains go aside and they're like, okay, I get to take my pick. And live on TV, they can see those reactions from players, see them doing handshakes and stuff. I think that would be amazing. And then they have no no chance to plan for this game depending, because they don't know who they're, who's going to pick who. So then they just kind of have to figure it out on the fly and making it a competitive game at that point would be a little hard, but I think it would be worth it. I think it's worth a shot. I think we should submit that to Adam Silver right now. Um, so beyond the starting five from the East and the West, you obviously have your reserves so people can come off the bench. The uh, East reserves are Victor Oladipo, Kyle Lowry, Chris Tapps, Porzingis, Al Horford, who I don't, I'm surprised he's actually there. Uh, Kevin Love, John Wall, and Bradley Beal. So John Wall, Bradley Beal, two two Washington Wizards in the sixth and seventh spot. And then uh, I saw this article um, on ESPN that was talking about the snubs from the All-Star game. The three Eastern snubs that they talked about were Andre Drummond, Goran Dragic, and Ben Simmons. So they're not actually in the All-Star game at all. Uh, and I have an idea after this. I'll tell you about it in a second. So oh, I guess I never did mention the starters. The starters in the East are LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, DeMar DeRozan, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Joel Embiid. Um, move on to the West. Steph Curry, the captain, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, and DeMarcus Cousins. So you've got two guys from the same team in the starting lineup, Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins from the Pelicans. Uh and then Kevin Durant and James Harden, former teammates from Oklahoma City Thunder and the Sonics, I think. Um, I'm pretty sure that he was there. Might have been Westbrook. I don't remember. But, yeah, so that's pretty dang good starting lineup right there. I mean, obviously the East is too, but whew, stacked. Um, 
But then you have the Western Reserves. You got Russell Westbrook as the backup there. Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, LaMarcus Aldridge, Jimmy Butler, Damian Lillard, and Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, let's see. Tony says the West lineup sounds amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. There, there. You know the Pelicans with those two big guys. When they first paired up, I thought that they were going to be unstoppable. But it's been so long since the NBA has had, you know, a team that's dominating because of big men, especially where it's moving to more of a three-point league. But those two guys can shoot threes. DeMarcus Cousins had like five three-pointers the other night. He had like 40-plus points, 20-plus rebounds, and like 10 assists or something. Dude's insane. Uh, so, yeah, those are those are your uh, the uh, reserves. And then you've got the Western snubs. They are Chris Paul, Paul George, and Lou Williams. And that's a crazy list of snubs, if you ask me. <laughs> um, especially Chris Paul, Paul George. Like Lou Williams, he was also pretty upset he didn't make it. But here's what I am proposing. You know, not only, you know, they should televise the, the all-star draft and, and make that a big deal, but they should also take the top three snubs so, like, we would call them runner-ups. It wouldn't be snubs because they were that close. Ah, just that close. Um, but I think we should take the top three snubs from the East and the West, create a new all-star event, and it would just be a three-on-three matchup. And the cool thing about that is, you know, they can also use the reversible jerseys because that's very much like City League basketball or like YMCA basketball. They give you, like, something to denominate you as a light team or the dark team so you can distinguish between your teammates. Because when you're that young playing basketball, it's hard to know. It's hard to remember sometimes. So it's kind of nostalgic in that regard because you're, uh, you know, having to like, oh, flip your jersey on, on the fly and there's your team, you know. But anyways, these guys, top three snubs in the East and West. Andre Drummond, Goran Dragic, Ben Simmons. So you've got a floor general type of point guard in Goran Dragic. You got a really big center guy who can shoot mid-range, Andre Drummond, and Ben Simmons, who's kind of like a drive and dunk and dish type of guy. Then you have Chris Paul in the West as a, a one of the best floor generals in the game. Paul George, who can score from anywhere, and Lou Williams, who's kind of like an athletic point guard, but mostly a scoring machine. So that would be interesting to see a really fast Western team and then like a well-balanced Eastern team. But how cool would that be? And I think if they did that, it would give the game, the fans a different look at the game of basketball than they've seen before, because you know, three on three basketball is something that I play all the time at the rec center when I go. Um, and it's something I did growing up all the time, three on three, two on two, four on four, you know, because you never always have a full team of five. So why not take the top three snubs, make a new game out of it, have them go to 21 scoring by ones and twos, which is like pickup basketball. I think that would be awesome because then it, it makes sense because they're not getting um, a ton of stage stage presence. They're not getting a lot of spotlight because it's such a short game, but they're still getting noticed because they were just that close to being in the all-star game. Uh, that way, it would kind of quiet all the people who are like, oh, I didn't make it. You know, the people who are just on the edge won't get so upset, but it'll be sort of like a consolation prize. And to make it even better, I think that all six of these players would have to be mic'd up so you could hear the silly conversations that happen in a small pickup game like that. I think that would be awesome. Um, but those are just some of my ideas. You know, 
it's kind of like, you, you know, I watch and have played basketball a whole lot in my life. So I have a lot of input on these things, but if only they could happen, that would be really cool. <laughs> Man, with Micah not here, my voice dies so fast. I haven't noticed that in a while because I haven't done a show by myself for a while, but wow. It's crazy, man. Okay, so that's pretty much all I have for basketball content. Time to move on to some of the bigger news um, besides NBA All-Star. We got some football stuff to talk about. I know... I know you guys have been waiting for football, but I have to get my basketball time in. When Mike is here, he's like, oh, basketball. <laughs> Just kidding, Mike. I know you love me. But I had to get, get some basketball time in, catching up a lot on the All-Star stuff. Um, again, NBA All-Star, February 16th to the 18th. Um, but don't forget about the Olympics. That starts on the 8th of February as well. But before that even, we've got Super Bowl 52 need a rap horn right now. Bew, 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 bew. Let me actually see when this game is. And I'll, I'll get to it, but Super Bowl 52 is going to be on Sunday, February 4th. 10 days. Oh, that's not necessarily 10 days. Let's see here. 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 days from now. That's pretty exciting stuff, guys. So let's talk about how these conference championships went down. So uh, Micah is definitely our football guy. So it's kind of it kind of sucks not to have him here for this, but I can at least talk about the game because I watched them, and uh, um, we just won't have an in-depth discussion about it. But basically, here's what went down. So we had the Jacksonville Jaguars at the New England Patriots. Um, long story short, Micah and I both pretty much called this game um, – how it was going to go. Um, I had the Pats winning by seven and Micah had them winning by, no wait, Micah had the Pats winning by seven. I had them winning by six. I pulled a little uh, prices right on him right there. Cause I, I knew that the Patriots have a chance because they always tend to adjust. If they're not ahead at halftime, they tend to adjust and come back stronger the second half and find a way to win. That's just the Brady and Bilicek way. So, I like I wanted the Jacksonville Jaguars to win, but it's kind of hard to root against Belichick and Brady, even with the hurt hand and the mysterious bandages and my goodness, all the other controversies that came out about that. Um, but I mentioned that you know I thought that the Jags were going to give them a hell of a time, a hell of a run for their money, and they did. Uh, if you look at the box score of that game, New England put up three points in the first quarter. Jacksonville had. Two touchdowns in the second. New England had one. So going into the half, Patriots were down by four. And then the Jags get a field goal in the third, and that's all the scoring in the third. So going into the fourth quarter, Pats are down by a touchdown. But that's not the first time we've seen this. That it really, It's not. <laughs> but I'm not going to lie. At a certain point in the game, the stream that I was watching, it went down. And when we got it back up, I had – like in that time, I didn't realize that the Patriots had scored. I'm like, wait, when did they make it? When did they score? When did they make it 20 to 17? Uh, but it was a dang good game. You know, the, the Jaguars did a really good job. 
kind of handling them early. And then the Patriots just adjusted, did everything they needed to do. One thing that I noticed is Tom Brady was throwing up some, some prayers. Like, like he was throwing balls way down the field and it seemed like he was only doing that just to try and get some contact and get a defensive pass interference called. Um, and he did. There was one really big play where he threw it down the field. A guy, it looks like the guy from the Patriots like grabbed his arm or something. It was like a ticky-tacky foul, but they, they called the penalty, and that means they got the ball way up there. So that didn't help the Jaguars at all. But, geez, like that, that drive in the fourth quarter where the, the Patriots went down and scored to give them the lead, that was just one of those classic things you you just know it's going to happen, you know. But I didn't want it to happen, so when it did, I was I was actually kind of upset. I was like, great, get to see the Patriots in the Super Bowl again. <laughs> but again, it's not the, the, the first time we saw Brady come back. Uh, he actually had to mount a comeback for the eighth time in his career in the playoffs to get that win. So he's... He's familiar and in, in, with coming back and winning in high pressure situations. Uh, so we've got the Patriots. Moving on, Tony in the comments on Facebook says, "Yay! I know you're a Patriots fan, and that's all right. Good for you." <laughs> no, I I don't have a team to root for, so I'm I'm happy you do. I should probably try and figure that out someday. It's kind of hard though. I feel like I have to move. I'm going to have to move to a city where there is a pro team or that's one that's near me for me to follow one again, because I have no connection to one around here and ugh, it's just hard. So then you had the Minnesota Vikings and the Philadelphia Eagles. So Micah and I both predicted this game to be relatively close because they both have great defenses and there's just a couple of weird things going on where like Nick Foles is the backup for Carson Wentz who had an MVP caliber season, but Nick Foles also has had some success as a quarterback with the Eagles uh, a couple of years ago. And then you have the Vikings who are also sort of on a backup of a backup sort of uh, in case Keenum because they had Teddy Bridgewater who went out with a season ending injury over a year ago and Sam Bradford who got pulled and Keenum went in. So they, like my, my brother actually said it pretty well. The Vikings have sort of a patchwork offense. They just have like random guys in different spots, like Stefan Diggs who made the big play uh, late against the Saints, actually at the buzzer. He's he's a big-time receiver for the Vikings, but he's not like a superstar yet. I think that kind of put him on that level. Um, but then you have to think like the Vikings could have had like a hangover from getting that crazy win uh, in the divisional round. So coming into the conference championship, they were kind of like still high on their horse. And then Philadelphia comes in and just swoops, swoops by and snatches a win from them. Um, And it wasn't even close. I had Philly winning by seven and Micah had Minnesota winning by three. And I think, you know, his, I I went a little bit out on the limb. I buy really heavily into a team having a home field or home court advantage, especially in big time games. Um, I put a lot of value on that type of stuff in big games because you come in, you're hyped up from your crowd, but also Philadelphia has this underdog mentality. I, I know that the Vikings also do have that, 
But if you can come into your home stadium with an underdog mentality, you got your entire city behind you, that's a big boost in confidence. When that's not your home crowd, that, that, that I imagine that would do something to you. And so that's why I went with Philly. And I picked seven just because I thought it was going to be like if they score a touchdown after the game was tied and time runs out on Minnesota. Uh, much unlike it in the divisional round <laughs> where they scored the buzzer-beating touchdown. Uh, Alice on Facebook says, I think Keenum let the nerves get him, but his defense let him down. Yeah, the the de- I totally agree. Um, Keenum ha- doesn't really have any experience in that situation. I don't think, you know, Nick Foles doesn't really have that experience either. But when your defense, like, it just seems like, if I remember right, oh, no, I, I'm thinking about the Jacksonville game. Jacksonville had, like, a crazy higher time of possession than the Patriots, just trying to keep the ball out of, out of Tom Brady's hand. But, I mean, the the Jaguars, not the Jaguars, uh, Philadelphia, the Eagles, man, Nick Foles was on a tear. I mean, just to look at some of the numbers here, the score, oh, my gosh. The game started out 7-7 in the first quarter, and we were like, all right, this is going to be a good game. And then the Vikings never scored again. The Eagles put up 17 in the second, another touchdown in the third and the fourth, making the final score 38-7. to and you know we this year we've been we it's been good to have like some really close games. There really haven't been any big blowout games until that one. It just sucks to see that in a championship game like that. Um, Alice on Facebook says Philly better play the same way against the Patriots and make it make it a good Super Bowl. I agree. I there's a different kind of pressure that comes with that. Um, you know, longer halftime because of the show, Justin Timberlake. And do some do some work out on the stage there, but yeah, they they've just got to come ready. They can't let that win that they got this last weekend, um, you know, overtake them and have that celebration carry carry over too long. They need to come into this game with that same underdog mentality if they're going to beat the Patriots. Um, how crazy would it have been if the Vikings won and they got to play at home against the Patriots and watch the Vikings beat the Patriots because they had home field advantage? <laughs> That would be hilarious, actually. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the numbers were insane. Nick Foles had a it was like a one fourteen quarterback rating. I don't exactly know how they they calculate that, but it has to do with your completion percentage, touchdown to interception ratio, how many yards, etc. There's a big ratio or a big uh, what's the word I'm looking for equation <laughs> that goes into that. But Nick Foles threw twenty six for thirty three. 352 yards, three touchdowns. That's wild. Had one rushing touchdown from LeGarrette Blunt. That was later in the game, I think. And then uh, Alshon Jeffrey had two touchdown catches, and Torrey Smith had one. There was one play where he, he threw a touchdown to Alshon Jeffrey. He was wide open. Like Nick Foles, he kind of like had like a Marshawn Lynch moment where he kind of got lost in the line a little bit. He's like ducking behind his guys, and he found a little gap in the pocket jumped out into the gap and just chucked it. And Alshon Jeffrey was wide open for the catch and touchdowns, like a 40 yard pass. Just that easy, that, that fast. And that was one of those second, second quarter touchdowns where we're like, Oh my, this is kind of a blowout. <laughs> but if Micah was here, we might, might've made a bet, but um, I'm not going to look ahead too much to the Super Bowl because I, if I can get him on the show again before then, I mean, you know, let's see, next Wednesday is the 31st. 
and then the game would be on the 4th. So regardless, on the 31st, so next week's podcast, we're definitely going to do uh, a Super Bowl preview, and we'll go into detail on what we think is going to happen and and place our bets and make our pick and who how much we think they're going to win by. So look forward to that next Wednesday. But that game is set. So you've got the New England Patriots and the Philadelphia Eagles. Last time the Eagles met them in the Super Bowl, they got beat. Um, I mean, just, just like most people who play this Patriots in the Super Bowl in the last 20 years. <laughs> so technically the Patriots are, are deemed the home team because they're the top seed in this situation. Um, but the game is going to be played in Minnesota's new stadium, I wonder if they're going to have a lot of the purple lights still on and stuff, or if they're going to make it red, white, and blue for the NFL. But Sunday, February 4th, 4.30 p.m., you're going to want to watch that game. I I would love to see, guys, you don't understand how much I would love to see Tom Brady get his ass kicked. (laughs) I want to see the Eagles just out of nowhere this year, kind of. I mean, they had a damn good season. They lose Carson Wentz, potential MVP guy. Nick Foles brings it home for the team. That would be such a sweet ending to the year. Um, Sorry, Pats fans, but that's what I would love to see happen. Uh, I want to see that happen. (laughs) Uh, What can I say? That would just be exciting for a lot of people to see that. Like most of America, pretty much all of... (laughs) I'm seeing some angry emojis flying in now, probably coming from Tony. (laughs) Uh, but Hey, kind of like the Eagles have that underdog mentality. I love rooting for an underdog. Uh, it, it makes me have, feel like I have a sense of purpose in life. Um, (laughs) because when that, when they do get the win, then you're like called it and it just feels so much sweeter. But no, I honestly, I am just sick of seeing the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Um, obviously that, that dynasty is going to become crashing down here in a few years with the age of Tom Brady. Um, but he is one of the goats. Don't get me wrong. One of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. Probably going to go down as the best quarterback. Um, Alice asks if Tony is giving me angry emojis. Yes, she is. She's giving me the business. That's a 15 yard penalty. Somebody throw the flag. Oh my gosh. That's something we need to get. Micah. Oh, if Micah was here, I could tell him about it right now, but we should incorporate like a penalty system where like I get a flag, <laughs> like I get a challenge flag and I get to challenge one of his facts that he says. And I, and we each get like a penalty marker too. So we can like flag, flag each other and be like, you're timed out for 15 seconds. Cause you suck. <laughs> I think that would be hilarious. I have to make some bean bags. Kelly and I are going to have a craft session. We're going to make some, some penalty flags for my office. I think that's going to be great. I'll have to do that. I'm going to do that. Tony says, I do like the Eagles too. Can't help but like the Eagles. They, they, they did it very classy this year. I don't think they would be where they are if they hadn't, you know, obviously they had Carson Wentz doing business or doing work. They did make some big mid season moves like picking up Jay Ajayi. Um, as much as I dislike Boise state, he did a lot for that team this year. I feel like, um, but yeah, Looking forward to that. So next week, you can catch our predictions. Uh, next Wednesday, we'll be live again on Facebook at 7 o'clock Mountain Time, 9 o'clock Eastern Time. Definitely tune in for that. Um, 
that pretty much does it for the show today. But I, I want to take some time to say thanks, everybody, for coming through. Um, you know, where it's only me doing the show, it's it's a little bit different uh, and in some good ways and some bad ways. You know, I, I love having Micah here doing the show with me. Um, but it kind of makes for a, a fresh look, fresh take on the podcast when it's one person doing it sometimes. Um, but if you are listening to this from wherever you are, um, and you have wanted to start a podcast or you've wanted to write for a blog, like you have, you feel like some of your opinions on sports, um, can, are validated and you want to, you want to share those ideas with the world. Let us know, go to our website, go to abstractsports.com and up in the top of our header, you can see a link that says contact, send us an email through our form there and let us know that you're interested in participating and I can give you a breakdown of all the different ways that you can. If you want to have a podcast, you know, like for example, you have to pay a, an annual fee to have a SoundCloud, uh, unlimited usage or unlimited upload anytime. Uh, so you pay like a one-time fee and it's kind of a lot of money up front because you have to pay it all one year at a time. Um, so if you want to start a show and you don't feel like you have the cash to front that, we can give you like a discounted price because we already pay for that. And you can also have your own brand. You can have your own show. You can talk about baseball, whatever you want. And we'll even help you along the way. Like if you sub, all you got to do is like, okay, my next podcast is ready. You email us an MP3. We upload it. We get the artwork ready for you and we push it out. We share it on our stuff. You share it on yours and you're off and running, man. So if you're interested in starting a podcast show, hit us up, abstractsports.com. Go to the contact page and send us an email. Uh, or if you are interested in writing, let us know, and uh, we can give you some pointers on that as well on how to get started. Alice says, and they have never won a Super Bowl. It would be nice to see them win. Go Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. <laughs> I'm rooting for them this weekend. I'm telling you. Uh, or this next weekend. Not this coming one. The next one. But uh, in the last show, we did a thing called Sports Doppelgangers. Uh, I just wanted to sign off talking about this because it was kind of fun, that thing that we did. I'm always looking for new ways to like reinvent the show and do something that's kind of silly and interesting. And there are a lot of people in sports who look like somebody else in the world, like a celebrity or you know somebody you know, for example. But um, it seemed like people really enjoyed that segment. And I had some some messages come in from a couple of people showing me some other doppelgangers that we can share on the show. So in our next installment, I don't know when that's going to be, but we're going to stockpile all of those doppelgangers you send us and we'll share them with the world and we'll have a good time, uh, you know, kind of just laughing about how these people look, look alike. I don't know. It's just funny. It's, it's, it's funny. So it's funny guys. Okay. I just told you it's funny. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> Um, so before we go, I have to say a uh, shout out to clay on YouTube. Once again, the man is dropping comments yet again. If you're somebody who likes to, you know, not watch a live show and you'd rather participate elsewhere, we do have SoundCloud. You can comment on our tracks there, follow us and listen to the show, or you can go on YouTube and subscribe to the, ch- subscribe to the channel. We put it up about a day after the live show and, uh, you can just kind of put it on in the background while you're doing dishes and, and listen to the show. Um, also, if you have an Alexa or even a Google Home, I think you can say something like, "Alexa, play the most recent episode of the Abstract Sports Podcast," and she'll think for a second. She'll be like, "Okay," and then you'll hear my beautiful voice. So give that a shot. 
I have to say thanks again to everybody who came through in the comments. It was a great time talking to all of you today, and hopefully we can get Micah back on the show next week if he hasn't given up on me. Um, It's been a lot of fun tonight. I just want to say thank you once again, and we'll see you next Wednesday at 7 o'clock Mountain Time, 9 o'clock Eastern Time here on Facebook. All right, you guys have a good evening. Bye-bye.